0: This is Awareness Explorers.
1: Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Great to have you again. Thank you for showing up. And we are showing up, I being Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host and friend, Brian Tom O'Connor. And we are going to be talking about a subject dear to both our hearts today, and that is the subject of curiosity. Curiosity as it applies to awakening and other aspects of life, and what's in the way of curiosity? And it's a curious question. So when I think of this topic, or when we thought of this topic, Brian, what showed up in your curious mind? Well, when we first
0: began talking about it, you you mentioned how you found that a lot of people are not very curious, meaning curious about other people. And I look at this topic in, in, in the two-wing analogy. There's one way of looking at curiosity, which it's just that. Can you be curious about other people as a way to enhance your interpersonal communications? And then the other way is curious in terms of asking questions
1: that direct your attention to your true nature of awareness. And I like the two-wing analogy in relationship to curiosity because some people will have one and not the other. They don't seem to be something that go together in pairs necessarily, although they do in me. But I've noticed that some people are totally non-curious about other people, but are very focused on asking things like, Who am I? and where am I and what is this and what's it all about? And the exact opposite as well. Some people Are very curious about other people, but not curious about the nature of awareness or anything inside them. I find that curious. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, one of the things I want to talk about today is what's in the way of both of those wings what's in the way of outer curiosity and what's in the way of inner curiosity. But before we do that, we might do a little one minute commercial on what we see as the benefit of outer and inner curiosity. And um, being that I like to blab, I will start. Uh, For me, outer curiosity, you know, I am a psychotherapist, and I'm just curious about people. I just find, you know, what makes them tick? What have they been through? How'd they get here? Uh, What do they know about? And that really... Enhances my life. I find people interesting. And luckily, there's a lot of people in this planet. So I'm often very stimulated to find out what's interesting or unique, or what does this person know that I don't know? And it's a really good feeling. It's really what every four-year-old is doing. They're always curious. And I think that we have to look at what the obstacles are to that because that's like a natural way of being. And if you're not curious, You should get curious about that. Like, why aren't you more curious? So talking directly to the listeners now, how curious are you? And if you're not as curious as the average four-year-old, why not? What happened? And how can maybe you get back there? And then there's the inner curiosity, which is really probably a needed quality in order to awaken, or at least a very helpful one. And we'll talk more about how inner curiosity can help people awaken in a little bit. But before I blab too much, uh, what's, what's your hit on curiosity and why it's useful?
0: Well, I, I agree with you about um, that it can be helpful to sort of interpersonal communications. However, I, I don't think there's a should to it. I think people do what is in their nature to do, and some people are by nature curious and some people less so. However, i do think that there are obstacles for the human curiosity some people are afraid of being bored some people are afraid that someone is going to ask them to get involved in their emotional life and they might not want to get caught up into it there's a lot of reasons but and and as for the inner curiosity i think it's essential to because the the questions that you know i well, I can only speak from my, my experience, but I, when I started my spiritual life, it began after I discarded all the things that didn't work. The one that did was self-inquiry, asking, who am I? Or just dwelling on the I. But it really needs to be pointed out that when you ask a spiritual question like that, an inquiry question, and there are many forms that it can take, the purpose is not to get a conceptual answer, because any conceptual answer is just going to be another appearance in awareness the purpose is to direct your attention from being obsessed with the conditions of the world and your life and the outer world the contents of awareness in other words and direct your Mm -hmm. attention inward to awareness itself in order
1: to help you identify with and as awareness Yeah, and there's a bunch of questions that can help with that, which we will go into later in the episode, because we like to do practical stuff here. But we just quickly touched upon what's in the way of either of those curiosities, Mm -hmm. and whether it be inner or outer. And I'd like to go into that, because I think a lot of what we talk about, here is what's natural you know almost like what we're born with every every child is born curious you don't find children that aren't unless there's you know brain damage or something so what's in the way is a good question and that's true of you know what's in the way of peace what's in the way of being a more loving person that that way of looking at things is very helpful because if you can dislodge what's in the way Then the natural qualities of curiosity or peace or awareness are what's left or what show up. So, by looking at what's in the way, hopefully that shrinks those. You're no longer a victim of these things that are in the way that maybe we don't see that much. So, one of the things you mentioned is that people might be afraid of something to be curious, like. You know, you don't ask somebody a question because you're embarrassed or you're afraid they might reject you. Or a lot of people, I think, aren't curious because they already feel they know and they don't like to admit that they don't know. Like, I don't know why the sky's blue. I don't know why plants are green. Come to think of it, I'm not that smart. (laughs) I don't know these things. So when I meet someone who has some background, I'm likely to ask them because I'm not afraid to say I don't know. But I think a lot of people associate the feeling of not knowing with being vulnerable, and they don't like to go there. That's, that's a guess. What do you think?
0: I completely agree. As a matter of fact, that's probably, upon thinking of it a little further, the most important obstacle, which is the feeling that you know, or the fear that being curious will change what you think you know. In other words, we we identify with the stuff that we know ourselves to be, or our view of the world and the way it is already. And that becomes hardened over time. And there's a protectiveness about that. So sometimes we don't get curious, because we're afraid to learn something that contradicts what we think we already know, and therefore is a threat to our self-image.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I kind of like that experience. You know, I used to not believe that spiritual transmissions are are anything, you know, as an example. And I asked a bunch of people questions and teachers questions. And now I'm kind of in the agnostic category. Like, I think there's something there, whether it's beneficial or not, I don't know, you know, and I'm still researching. But I've had to go against my heart and believe like, ah, that's all BS. And and it feels a little shaky, like, I don't know what's real anymore. I don't even know what's helpful along the path. Mm-hmm. And that's, that takes a little bit of courage, not a lot, but a little bit, to question your beliefs, to question your what you're doing in life, uh, or to ask other people questions to see what their way of looking at the world is. So that's one category. Another category is, I think people are just lazy. You know, we're used to being spoon-fed all kinds of information on the internet or, you know, just ask Siri or whatever. And curious involves something active, like, what am I interested in? And what do I want to know? And and you have to go against a little bit of laziness sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And I find that the people who are less likely to ask anybody
0: else about themselves are very willing to I mean, to ask other people about the other people's selves are very willing to talk about themselves. And that seems to be the only thing they want to talk about. And it seems to me because they're trying to solve the problem of me and they think uh-huh. that talking it out and just, you know, they're completely obsessed with how I'm doing and what I'm doing and my relation to the world that they don't really want to talk about anything else. And I think that's a a huge obstacle and i think that you know relaxing that self obsession a little not only for the sake of other people who will enjoy your company a little more but for your own sake you will yeah. actually lead a happier life when you're a little less obsessed and a little more curious about other people and and how they feel and what what they think and 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 what it's like to be them
1: yeah you know, I'll tell you a funny story about that I met I was on a plane and the guy next to me uh was uh you know, we I started asking him questions. It came out that he was Mormon. I didn't know much about Mormonism, so I asked him a lot of questions. I asked him a lot of questions. Because I'm very curious and I you know, I'm not I don't know anything about Mormonism. The ones I met have been very nice. And so I probably asked him 40 minutes of questions, maybe longer. And um, you know, he was talking about how he's a very sincere seeker. He's always trying to find out new things. He's, you know, open that way, whatever. And after my 40 minutes, um, I wanted to see if he'd ask me any questions. You know, okay. He didn't know anything about me. And uh, n- there were no questions as usual, that usually happens. And it's a pet peeve of mine. Not that I'm bothered by it, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so I thought I would throw him a little bit of bone. So I said, you know, Well, that's very interesting. When I interviewed 100 spiritual leaders, ranging from Mother Teresa to the Dalai Lama, I didn't actually interview any Mormons. I let that hang in the air to see if he would ask me a question. Nothing. Zippo. And then I I decided to, like, play with him to just keep on feeding him stuff, some real and some not, you know, like, uh, you know, Well, the Dalai Lama said when I talked to him, blah, 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 and uh, nothing. And then I wanted to take it a step further. He said, well, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to Obama last week about about the religious thing and nothing. At some point, he must have said, this guy's completely full of BS. But I did not get a single question the entire time. And I didn't know what that was because, you know, I didn't start off coming on that strong. And I never have talked to Obama, but I found it interesting that obviously something was in the way of him asking me a sing a single question, and I find that that's common, and I, I don't know if it's a laziness or or they're embarrassed or they don't know. I think one of the things that another thing that gets in the way is, as you mentioned, the self-absorption. We're all just kind of overwhelmed with what's in our head. And there's not a lot of space for curiosity. That's why four-year-olds that don't have that overwhelmed with life thing might be more curious. But I think we also tend to not be curious because we put things into a category of like, like and don't like. So, you know, I like the fact that he's asking me questions. I don't like that he's probably different than me or whatever it is. And that that keeps us from actually being curious about the world because we've had, we've judged it already. Mhm. But a lot of people
0: are afraid of also being bored. In other words, if I ask you about yourself and mm. you go on a 10-minute description of yourself and I'm, you know, it, when it stops becoming a con- and I know for me, if it's if, right. if if things stop becoming conversations and there isn't a little bit of back and forth, then I'm sort of like, okay, I don't think I'm going to ask this person anything else again, Uh, only because my mind engages more easily. For for instance, if I'm a student and I'm learning something from a teacher, if the teacher is lecturing, I, I will learn much less than if I'm allowed while that person is talking to ask questions along the way. Like if there's something you said that I didn't get to, you know, ask a question, then I become fully engaged and it's a two-way street. And so many people maybe are afraid that it's going to become a one-way street if they ask
1: questions of somebody. Good point. Good point. Not that I would ever do that, Brian, but yeah, it's a good point. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I uh, do a lot of therapy counseling couples and I've noticed that you know most men and women in a heterosexual relationship, and the same with a, a gay relationship, that they don't really understand each other very well. And the reason that they don't understand each other very well is they're not asking a lot of questions about the other person's experience or desire or feelings. And I, I have surmised that the reason that doesn't happen is because. They're very much busy blaming or complaining about their partner in their head, and they feel like they know, so they don't ask questions. And I spent a lot of time asking each partner questions so that they can better understand each other. But things crowd out curiosity, don't know, blaming, and complaining are three big categories in that realm.
0: Mm-hmm. but also defensiveness. So I might not ask a person a question, especially if that's a person with whom I've had conflict, might not ask because I'm afraid that what they're going to tell me is how wrong I am. You know? uh-huh. And so that would kick in my defensiveness. Whereas if you simply ask a person how they feel and then be open to allow whatever feeling they talk about without it being about you, because Mm -hmm. we think it's about us, how other people feel, but it's never about us. It's about them and how they feel. And if we could understand that and be less defensive or less afraid that they're going to say something critical, then I think that people would be a little more curious about asking people how they feel.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame. I, I see that, you know, I never have couples come to my office and say, we really understand each other very well. That's, that's why we want a divorce, you know.
0: <laughs> of course not.
1: So, Absolutely. Um, another category of what keeps you from being curious is being too goal-oriented. Like if you're trying to get to a very specific place, curiosity is almost like something in the way. You know, if you're trying to convince somebody to buy a car, uh, you might think that, like asking them questions is kind of a circuitous route. But um, so I've seen that that is something in the way. Another thing in the way is where we have answers to almost every question somebody asks us. So if I say to you, Brian, wh- why did you move to New York? Actually, I, I think you've lived in New York your whole life. So it, um, that's re-
0: well, if you say New York City in particular, yeah. although I was born here, I moved in out of the suburbs and came here. Yes, I knew I, that I enjoyed the city more than the suburbs. I found the suburbs a little dull, a little boring, and all my interests are here: theater, right. art, etc.
1: Plus, I love architecture. Plus, so, I love crowded streets. Okay, good. So, but my point being was that. When somebody asks you that question, and I'm sure you've been asked that question a few times in your life, you probably give a very, very similar answer every time. That's just a guess. So we have like answers that we've come up with to um, most of the questions people ask us. Like, uh, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Well, I've answered that before. I'll give you the last answer. It's rare that we would like think, well. Hmm, if I never knew that answer, if I hadn't said it before, what were all the factors that led to me moving into the city? And is there anything I missed in my answers before? You know, maybe you could say, well, I really like. Um, a lot of action going on around me. That, you know, I feel like I'm in the eye of a hurricane when that happens, and that had something to do with my upbringing or whatever. You'd come up with a new answer because you haven't, you don't have the mechanical answer. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It, although I honestly don't think that... Um, it, that sounds like a value judgment on how you answer questions. Mm-hmm. I, I, I And I, I don't know if I can really go along with that. In other words, if you were to ask me That same question. Sure, I'll look inside and see if there might be any new answer. But if it's the same, in other words, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not sitting there thinking, should I delve more deeply into this answer? That's that's just a bunch of shooting on yourself. And and I'm going to give you an honest and truthful answer, unless I'm trying to hide something. But with friends, I usually don't. Usually, Mm -hmm. you know, why should people? Why should people be curious? Why should people answer in ways that they may not have thought before? Why can't people just be the way
1: they are? Um, Okay, that's a great question. Let me see if I can come up with an answer. (laughs) Okay. And not the answer that I gave last time. (laughs) Okay, I'm taking my own medicine here, Brian. So, um, well, for me, it leads to a more open experience of life, like more childlike, where I feel more alive, we're talking about the outer curiosity. It leads to more depth too, because, like if you ask me why do I live in Nevada City, California, I can give you the the ten second answer that I give everybody, but it may, it makes a moment new to say, Well, what were all the factors involved, and now I'm like in a new moment that's alive i'm I'm discovering something new. I remember Adyashanti said when we interviewed him that his definition of spirituality was one of constant discovery. So when I go beyond my previous mechanical answers, I do discover new things. And when you think of like um, some inquiries, whether it be who are you or what keeps you from greater happiness, you know that's a question. Well, in like the diamond work, they they ask those questions over and over again for like 15 minutes. So it'll be like, who are you? And you say something. And then they say, okay, uh, who are you again? Or what keeps you from greater happiness? And they somebody comes up with an answer and then they ask that 25 more times. And each time you kind of can go to a deeper level potentially or discover something new. And that sense of discovery and learning I associate with aliveness, with, curiosity, with, with awakening, and with being a really joyous human being.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really terrific answer, and, and all of it seems true. At least it seems true to you. And yeah. so you've answered the question about why you think you should be more curious. But mm-hmm. what if I asked you, why should someone else be more curious?
1: Well, if you ask that repeatedly, I'd probably come up with a lot of answers. Um, but I do think uh, if somebody is interested in awakening, that it's one of the spokes of the wheel that can be helpful. So I'm putting in the judgment that awakening for our, you know anybody listening to this podcast is probably interested in awakening, and that is one of the ingredients in the quote awakening cake. You know, you can have many ingredients of a cake. But if one of the ingredients, like sugar or yeast, is missing, you just don't have a cake. And I think that curiosity is one of the ingredients that helps people with both awakening and with having a joyous and expanding life.
0: So curiosity would help them if they decided that that's what they wanted. So it really is all about the other person and what they want. Absolutely. But not everyone wants spiritual awakening. Uh, most people do want to be happy underneath, but most people just don't know how to do it. And so, yeah. yes, so I think you're right. In other words, if I were, if someone were to ask you, "How can I be happier?" and you added, "Well, be a little more curious about other people than you are about yourself," that would be good advice. I agree. Yeah. But I have less a uh, sense that somehow people should be more curious about other people in general. I, I kind of prefer it. I, I, I like being asked about myself up to a point. There is a point above which it can become work, and the perfect example is my dear sainted mother who's no longer with us. And she, would te- she taught us all our lives that you need to ask other people questions about themselves because people love to talk about themselves, and it mm-hmm. makes you less self-centered. And it's very good advice, but she took that to extremes on her own so that when you had a conversation with her, she would be asking you so many questions, she would grill you, and it started to feel like work. And everyone else in the family said, oh, there goes mom, she's doing that interview thing she does again, when all you wanted to do was relax and have an easygoing conversation that just sort of flowed by itself instead of being Given the third degree, interrogated instead of being interrogated, and it be, and the reason we didn't want it is only because it 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 took so much effort to answer her questions that it felt like work. And usually, when we were visiting mom, we were out in the country and we wanted to just relax.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a time for everything <laughs> under heaven, and and I understand that that can get out of hand and not feel good. I, I'm curious about how. Curiosity applies to the awakening game and what questions might actually be helpful in that way. And uh, when we were talking before this, we mentioned that you know, a lot of people, you know, whether it be in therapy or in spiritual work, will ask the question, why? And we both agreed that why is actually not that helpful of a question. You know, like, wh- why am I neurotic in this way? Well. The actual answer, you know, is everything that ever happened to you in your entire life and everything that is in your DNA and everything that's in your parents' DNA and everything that's in your culture and everything that's in the world and everything you've ever eaten and everything you ever felt. uh, That's the answer why. Are, Are you now satisfied? You know, now it can be useful to say you know, I'm neurotic because I was, you know, something happened when I was five years old and do some psychological work around that. But why is, is not that useful of a question for spiritual work? Um, some of the other how, what, where, and who questions are actually much more useful. Yes, and
0: I think just the order in which you said it is actually a progression. Why mm-hmm. is not so good. I agree. Because it's all conceptual, and the purpose of asking a spiritual question is not to receive conceptual answers. It's to turn your attention to your true nature. Mm -hmm. How is a little better because there are things that you can do, like asking who am I or asking what is this me or asking in what clear field does my experience appear. What, that could go either way because that could either be what, like in – what is this me, yeah, and, or it could be what, as in what is the um uh truth about reality, and that could lead to something conceptual,
1: yeah, and you know I like the question, what am I versus who am I?" yeah, me too because who I start to think of a like a role or or something whereas what yeah, right. Is very interesting question. What the hell am I? <laughs> yeah. What is this
0: me? What is this? When I say I have a hand or I have a body, what is the me that that I is referring to? Who experiences having a body? These are the kind of questions that I think go better. And where is the next one in the series? And that could be good. I mean, you could ask, Where am I? Or you could ask, Where is my experience taking place? If I, see, if I listen to music, is my experience of the music out there, or is it inside? The same with any kind of perception. So I think that can be very helpful. And then the last one, who, you know, is the most important, because, because the object is to get to know yourself as universal awareness. Mm-hmm. However, you, as you rightly point out, sometimes who doesn't work for people because it it leads them into thinking about their role. Well, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm you know a uh, lazy person. I'm a uh, proactive person, and yeah. so, so that's why sometimes what am I is better. But and you, what
1: I like about the what am I is you know when you ask somebody, I, you can even ask them directly. What is you know, are are you? You can ask somebody. Are you aware? Are you aware? And most people will say, "Yeah, I'm aware." Okay, what is awareness? You know, and once again, you can you're directly confronting them with with the most basic reality of which we exist. Or if somebody says, "You know, I'm in love." Oh, what is love? Even that, as people describe these things, they start to enter into them. And in my workshops, I will often have people pair up, and they just answer the question, what is love? And as they start to answer that back and forth, they start to experience it. Now, that's a much quicker way of being in love than, you know, finding the perfect person and settling down with them for 10 years, and then then you can answer it that way. But, you know, we can, through our words, describe specific experiences and then merge with those experiences just by being curious about what they are.
0: Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And and you described it just now as kind of a two-step process. You, you ask the question, and then you merge with the answer. And I, I would put it slightly differently, but it's the same thing. You ask the question, and then you feel into the answer, as opposed mm-hmm. to having a verbal word that is the answer. You try and feel into it. And there are a lot of Questions And in fact, in my guide meditation later on, there's going to be a whole lot of useful spiritual questions, as long as you remember that you ask the question, maybe you wait for an answer, and then you try and feel into it. The reason to ask the question is to look, like, what is thought? Does mm-hmm. thought appear by itself, or do I make it happen? Mm-hmm can i experience both sound and my body sensations in the same place that's great because it turns your attention to awareness and that's the purpose of i think all spiritual questions because love happiness joy peace whatever quality you prize is within it's not out there
1: yeah so so true and You know, we both love questions as a spiritual tool. And some people know I wrote a book called Life's Big Questions. And Oprah did a show on it, so it became a bestseller. And some of the questions in the book lead people in a direction of higher consciousness, you know, and some don't. Some are just, you know, intellectual questions that are interesting, like, what do you think happens after you die or whatever? But by asking yourself and others good questions, you can use that as a tool to, like meditation, that it brings you to higher states of consciousness.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and since you mentioned meditation, there, there are many ways of using questions in meditation. There's, for example, the, the Sedona method. Mm-hmm. Could, I, could I let go of wanting control? Yeah. Would you, could you, when? You know that that series or or another example would be walking yourself back from the content to awareness, like what is in awareness? what am I noticing?
1: Yeah. take
0: an inventory and then well what what notices what notices yeah. yes so you 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 start you can you can start with the concept and you can walk yourself back and in meditation, you can also ask something like, can I allow?" my current experience to be exactly as it is?
1: I like that question. It's confronting in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can lead to a like letting go. Especially, I like to put time limits on it. Like, can I let this my current experience be exactly as it is for the next 10 seconds.
0: Yeah, I think that's really great, because most people will argue, well, if I let everything as it is, what about war? How do I pay the rent? You know,
1: (laughs) all
0: all that stuff comes in. But you can do it for 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, the world will hopefully survive that 10 seconds. Uh If it doesn't, well, you know, probably it's all for the best.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, anything else that um, strikes you before you know, we go into meditation?
0: I think we've really touched on both wings. I think we like curiosity. It can help with interpersonal relationships, we can, which can lead to a more harmonious life, but it's also crucial to your inner search for your true nature, which is a spiritual search.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and. Um, Just a quick plug for our Patreon supporters. If you're not a Patreon supporter, get curious as to why you might not be, because for a little as a dollar a month, you can get extra stuff from us. And uh, you can find out all about what we give to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com forward slash Awareness Explorers. How'd you like that segue?
0: Well, I love how you fold the Patreon plug into the topic of the uh, of the day. I think that's great, and it's and it's really fun.
1: Yep, and we send a lot of really interesting stuff: um, extra interviews, some uh, blogs, some uh, extra meditations, etc. So it's a good deal for everyone.
0: Yeah, a lot of times after we, if we have a guest, a lot of times we finish the podcast and we sign off, and then something organic happens, and we decide to chat about something, and it becomes really interesting, and and it's also usually kind of relaxed. So sometimes. I'll take that and 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 make a little uh recording of that and send it to our 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 supporters.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Anyways, I hear we have a meditation for today about curiosity and I'm curious about it. Okay. Well,
0: I call it the get curious meditation. Okay. First, as always, take a nice easy deep breath and
2: Close your eyes if it's safe to do so. The
0: essence of self-inquiry is the same as the essence of science, curiosity. But with self-inquiry, instead of being curious about the external world and how it works, you're directing your attention to your inner world and how it works you use curiosity to delve into your direct experience. That is, what it is like to have inner experience and discover whether or not all experience
2: is inner experience.
0: But unlike scientific curiosity, inner curiosity is not to be used as a tool to get conceptual answers that you can then write down and publish in a paper. Instead, this form of curiosity is a tool to direct your attention from the outside world, where you think happiness can be found, to the inner world of pure awareness, where happiness lives.
2: Here are some questions to get you started.
0: And remember, ask the questions and really look at your inner experience without trying to come up with an answer in words. Just feel into it.
2: The first question is the basic awareness inquiry question. Who or what notices my experience? Here are some questions that bring curiosity to the nature of mind and thought. What is thought? What is the nature of mind? Do I create thought or does it appear by itself? That inner voice in my head, who's it talking to? Who hears it? Here are some questions that may help with getting curious about the relationship between you and your body do i have a body if so who is the eye that has a body or some variations what is aware of my body or what notices my body or what does my body appear in or what experiences my body In each case, whatever it is, it's not your body. See if you can be that. Here are some questions that help point you toward all-inclusive awareness. Notice any sounds that are arising right now. Ask in what silent field of awareness do these sounds appear? Notice any body sensations that are arising right now. Ask, in what clear, spacious field of awareness do these sensations appear? Ask, can I notice sounds and body sensations at the same time?
0: Do body sensations and sounds appear in two separate awarenesses, or do they appear in one seamless field of knowing?
2: And once you're noticing awareness, these questions help with curiosity about its nature. What is awareness like? Does it have a shape? Does it have qualities? Does it have dimensions? Does it have limits? Does it appear in time? Are there edges, or is it infinite? Imagine it's infinite. Did it stop and start, or has it always been present? Imagine it's eternal. What if awareness is infinite and eternal? Could there be more than one? See if there are many awarenesses or just one. What if there was only one? Who could you possibly be other than infinite eternal awareness? Ask, is the sky affected by clouds? Ask, is the sky affected by birds? See if you can be the sky, not the clouds. See if you can be the sky, not the birds. Ask, is awareness affected by anything that appears in it? Be the awareness, not what appears in it. Then be everything that appears as well, because it's all made of awareness. Now, as you take another nice, easy, deep breath, at your own pace, begin to open your eyes. Thank you.
1: I feel like my head is about to explode from that. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way, I hope. In a good way. You know, it (laughs) struck me, you probably had 25 questions there or something, and you could probably spend... They were almost all like Zen koans. Uh-huh. They could spend a day or longer on each question, and
0: that's each right.
1: question could lead you back to a very expanded experience of your true nature.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could just pick one.
1: Yeah, really. Uh-huh. And but- in fact, that that's not a bad idea. That you know, if one struck you, it's like, oh, I want to explore that one get curious as to where that particular question or two can take you. And I think that that's that's a way to combine curiosity with with meditation in a way that is really, really helpful. That's a really good recommendation. Thanks for that. I might even use it myself. Oh, good. (laughs) What a concept. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Anyways, this has been fun as usual, Brian, and I hope it's been fun, helpful, and uh, mind-expanding for our listeners. And if you like this, and you know, it's a, it's these things, feel free to pass them on to your friends who are interested in this stuff, because when you get what Jesus said, when two or more are gathered, in the name of curiosity, good things happen. That's a direct quote, isn't it? <clears throat> a little bit of a paraphrase, but I'll take it. Yeah, well, that's what he meant, I'm sure. So, um, I don't know. I'm curious, though. <laughs> uh, yes, I wasn't there, so I don't really know. But uh, yeah, curiosity is contagious. It's like a good virus. And the more we can help each other be curious about things, I think uh, we can help each other walk each other home. And that, that's, that would be nice.
0: I love that expression, help each other walk each other home.
1: That's from Ramdas, and uh, something oh yeah,
0: to yeah. It's always uh, you mentioned it before, and it always, mm-hmm. it always had a good feeling, engendered a good feeling within me when I heard it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what this podcast is about, and feel free to email us or whatever in order to maintain contact. And Until next time, thank you for being here, and and keep exploring.
0: Keep exploring and keep being curious. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.